Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That mathematics class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? So Kim, let's talk about how perspectives influence the way you view the nature of math and how to teach math. We think there are three main perspectives that kind of keep us stuck in teaching fake math. In the last episode, we talked about the X perspective, which represents a worldview that math is about patterns and relationships and that you can use those to solve problems. But it also assumes that you think that the way you learned all that real math was through the teaching mm -hmm. of fake math, through your teacher showing you algorithms to mimic. So an X perspective tends to teach the way you were taught, thinking that people will catch on like you did. Yep. If you want to know more about that X perspective, check out last week's episode. Yeah. So to start off this episode, we're going to actually read a podcast review that we got because it's a great introduction to what we're going to talk about. The subject is mind blown and JCPTX writes, I didn't know that there were other ways to think about math until I listened to Pam. I thought algorithms were the end all be all answers. It was almost like opening, almost like opening an entirely new universe to learn that I could play with numbers. Thanks for giving us some background and an opportunity to expand horizons. Bam! Woohoo! Like, so that's great. the whole point, right? right? Like, this is what we're trying to do is open that new universe of what real mathematics actually is. Thanks, tons, for the five stars in the review. It's a great way for other people to find the podcast. We appreciate that. But it's also a really great intro to another of the three perspectives that yeah. keep us stuck in teaching fake math. And we call it the Z perspective. So just like a variable X, Y, and Z, this is the Z perspective. And this was you for so long, right? <laughs> so I'm going to just sit back on this one and let you share a lot about your journey, um, about what you used to think math was all about. Yep, totally. All right. So when my teachers said, today, today we're going to learn to add big numbers and she lined them all up and we started to carry or regroup as they now say, I thought that was the definition of addition, that that was the one and only way to add. And subtraction was even better. Hey, tell us about the time that you were in calculus. 
Oh, this is so embarrassing. So, y'all, I was in uh, second semester calculus at BYU. We have lots of stories about that class because it was crazy. Um, but uh, while I was in that class, there was a moment where I had to find someone's age. And so it was like 1990, and uh, I had to find somebody's age, and they were born in, like, I don't even know, 1957 or something. And so I thought to myself, well, to find their age, uh, you one subtracts. That's how you do that problem. And so I wrote down literally like 1990 and then 1957, and I drew the line, and I could not remember the oh. subtraction algorithm. And I, I was like, okay, I know there's something about crossiouties and there's something about nines. And I was like trying to, and I literally retaught myself the, the subtraction algorithm. Uh, it didn't take all that long because I'd kind of actually understood what was happening with regrouping and everything. Um, but, but that was my view of math. My view of math was that in order to find that person's age, I had to do the subtraction algorithm. And so since I couldn't remember how to do it, I taught myself again, how to borrow from the different places. And I didn't think about, I mean, it's so funny now. I didn't even think about like 57 to 60 and then 60 to 90 and 90. I mean, it was ridiculous how um, I wasn't thinking about the numbers and relationships. I literally thought to myself, this is university days, thought to myself, the definition of subtraction is to do that algorithm. And the way to do that algorithm are those steps. And, And so I dutifully remembered how to do those steps and then, solve the problem to find out how old the person was and think. And I thought in digits that whole time, right? It was a digit thinking because the algorithm is all about thinking in digits. Uh, so I could have even been off if I'd done one of those digit subtractions wrong and would never have known it unless I like redid the algorithm or something to check my work. And then I would have had two different answers and wouldn't have known, which was, I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's embarrassing. I'm so sad for the former you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> so you asked me about me as a X student. As, as a former X yep. student. Yep. Tell us about you as a Z perspective student. Okay. So I tried to make sense of what to do when, but it was always about the why of making sense about what I'd been shown, okay. how I would know to do that step next or this rule for this problem. It wasn't ever about using relationships to do something that came naturally. Okay. It was it was really more about, okay, the teacher has shown me this. How am I going to make sense of, of uh, that was Tuesday. And so then on Wednesday, when she showed us a new way, yeah. how am I going to make sure that I know which one to do when? And then when I'm doing those, how do I make sense of which, uh, what's the next step to do in those? So I was doing a lot of thinking and reasoning and making sense of things. But the things I was making sense of were someone else's procedure, someone else's relationships. And it was always this sort of general procedure, which meant I was always doing every step every time. If you would have asked me to do 2001 subtract um, 1,999, 2001 subtracting 1,999, I literally would have done all the steps to do that. It's ridiculous um, thinking about it now. But um, I was also really clear that it was all about practicing over and over and over and another embarrassing thing. This came out in my teaching because I would tell students the story I'm about to tell you. And I would suggest to them the way to be successful in here is to practice over and over and over because y'all, that's how I became successful at that. That's how I knew what steps to do when and which rules to do in which case. So I'm going to tell myself again in that second semester calculus at BYU. So big class, lots of people taking it. BYU is a huge university. It was big, big class, um, you know, to where you're in the big lecture hall with the professor and then you meet with the TA three times a week for um, you know help and whatever or two sorry the other way around three times a week with the professor in the big hall and then twice a week with the TA um, you're lucky if they speak English as their native language you know all the things so all the reasons that that makes it hard um, 
When I was taking that class, I wanted to do well. I was going to be a math teacher. I wanted to do well. And so I literally, this was the way that I um, succeeded in that class. I did all the homework. And as I did the homework, if I like really had to stress and fuss and go look at, look up the, the procedure, look up the steps they're getting or whatever, then I marked that problem. If I didn't, if I just could do it, I didn't mark it. And so I did all the homework that way. And then I went back um, and I redid the problems that I had marked and, and uh, like, cause I had, I'd had, I had had to fuss about them. And so I redid them. And as I redid uh, the homework the second time, I marked problems again that I couldn't just do that. If I had to look anything up or I had to, it took me too long. Or I really had to like stress about them. I remarked those problems and literally did them a third time. Wow. <laughs> so by the time I got to a quiz or a test, yeah. nothing surprised me. I had done all those problems before, many of them multiple times. Um, however, when I reached a problem that I hadn't seen before, I had nothing. Like I, if I, if I had, if it was at all, like the problems that I had done, man, I zipped. I'd done them all three times. I could, I could, you know, no problem. I could just cram through that test. Uh, not, not a problem at all. But if there was a problem I hadn't seen, it was really hard for me to do anything. If I could sort of figure out which rule to do, even if I hadn't seen it, if I could figure out which rule to do, then I was okay. But if it was, uh, if, if it wasn't one that I could just apply a rule I had seen before, I know, I know, then I, then I had nothing. Like, this nothing. reminds me of um, when I told you that Luke was joining the math club and you were like, oh, I've got a math club story. <laughs> tell, tell us about that one. Oh, you just are embarrassing me all over the place today. So <clears throat> in seventh grade, I didn't, uh, okay, I didn't have any friends. I was going to say I didn't have very many, but I, I didn't have any friends. Uh, I was a bit of a loner in middle school. Um, I still say middle school should be crumpled up and thrown over. <laughs> right. It was a disaster time for most of us. Um, and so uh, I said to myself, I'm good at math. And there's a math club. And so uh, I'll go hang with the math kids, you know, like surely they'll accept me um, because I was a bit of a nerdy kid. And uh, so, you know, that'll work. Right. So I walked in to the math club, uh, sat down. Um, Now they'd already started. So it was already kind of in process for the year, not just that day, but both. It was kind of in process that day. So I don't remember why I was late, but I sat down. And the uh, math coach, who was a nice guy, he was actually my teacher, came over and he handed me a piece of paper. I had a few questions on it. And I was like, okay, we're going to do some math. Cool. And I looked at the first question and I looked at all the questions and I didn't know how to do any of them. No problem. I've been here before. I said, to, you know, I, I knew I was joining the club late. So, okay. Obviously I missed the day when they talked about how to solve these problems. I raised my hand. I said, Hey, Mr. Trolls, coach Trolls, you know, I, I don't know how to do these. I've never been shown how to do these. Um, you know, c- could you please teach me? And he said, Oh yeah, that's not what we really do here. Um, what we do in, in math clubs, we kind of, you know, like think about the problems and we kind of, you know, work together a little bit about how you, there's not like one set way to do it. <laughs> Kim, I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I, I kind of looked around the room. Everybody was kind of leaned over. A couple kids were talking to each other, pointing at stuff or whatever. Um, I said, but but you, you don't understand. I've, I've never seen these before. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know how to do this problem. I mean, thanks. You're like filling for me. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, and he said, no, no, really. Like, just, just start using what you know. Just start messing around with the problem. I was so, it was so out of my worldview. I quietly got up. I walked out of the room. I never walked back. Oh, man. I was done. That was my brief, brief moment of hoping the math club would be my social savior. And it wasn't, but, um, <laughs> but it, it was because it was so out of my perspective, this perspective we're talking about that yeah. math is doing what your teacher tells you to do. They show you how to solve the problem and then you can solve those problems. And that's not, well, obviously what they were doing in math club, it's not what your son's doing. I hope he's had a much better um, experience in his math club, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. So 
as a math teacher educator and uh, as a former Z, now I know about real math and I know what people really, what mathematicians really do with relationships. Um, I work with a lot of Zs. I work with a lot of people who still have that perspective. Probably the majority of teachers I work with K-12 have this Z rote memorizing perspective. Now, I don't know that that's true of people, but I do think it's true of teachers that it's the majority. Now, not like everybody, but I think the majority of people have this Z perspective. I know it was me, right? It was totally... Um, I think a lot of us uh, did well in math. We did well mimicking our teachers. We did well um, solving the problems the way we were told to do. And so we went and we liked kids. So we went into teaching. In fact, sometimes I'm a little bitter that I could have actually learned all that stuff that I wrote memorized. Um, We hear that a lot in work class. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's this perspective of why doesn't everyone teach math this way? If this is really what it is, why were we sort of forced to go through all that rote memory stuff? Um, so getting to work with Z teachers, um, it's really fun. We get to see their ahas. We get to see them learn what real math is. It can also be quite unsettling for teachers with a Z perspective because they've kind of, you know, sort of based their their, their life's work on one perspective of what math is. And now we're kind of giving them this idea that mathematics is actually something different. Right. Um Uh, So in that moment, I have to quickly then make sure I catch them, make sure that they realize that they can absolutely do the real math. And and, and, and we usually do. We usually, you know, catch them quickly enough that they're like, okay, well, I can do this. But I want to warn you, the folks out there that, that identify with the Z perspective, I want you don't don't get so unsettled. Um, that you're like, wait, what? it's all a sham. You're like, don't, don't, no, no, no. You're still a brilliant teacher. We can still, now we can use all of what you're good at to now teach real math, to um, help kids learn the real math. So if you identify with this Z perspective, you might inadvertently be carrying that into your teaching. If math is all about rote memorizing things that are just made up to be that way, then you're focusing, when, if you that's your perspective, you're probably focusing on helping students memorize and retrieve the right things at the right time. You probably make things super organized and help students remember all the things with memory stuff. So my goal when I work with a teacher with a Z perspective is to help them understand two major things. First, I want to get you mathematizing. I want you to to catch the vision about what real math is. Um, And then know that that could be unsettling, right? That that could be um, um, uncomfortable. And so like Brene Brown suggests, we need to normalize that discomfort, that learning is uncomfortable. And so I want to normalize the fact that that it's not going to be quite memorize this thing, do these steps in this order, you'll get a correct answer every time that it, it's a little more about playing with numbers and using relationships and that that can be a little unsettling. So I want to normalize that discomfort as I help you mathematize yourself and, and catch the vision of what real math is. And then secondly, um, I, I, I want to encourage teachers with a Z perspective to uh, uh, to watch their teaching and kind of catch where the Z comes back in. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, uh, we'll often get teachers who are like, okay, all right, I get it. I'm going to go teach real math. And they and they go teach real math. But sometimes the kind of Z perspective sort of slips back in a little bit where all of a sudden they're, they're um, helping students memorize an alternative strategy yeah. where, or, or they might t- today, today, guys, we're going to learn the doubling and having strategy. Step one, step two, like they're turning the, the relationships into steps. Right. Um, and so you kind of want to watch your teaching. You want to uh, kind of be on guard a little bit that you, uh, not to let the Z slip back in. It's not about steps. It's not about um, rules. It's uh, it's not about making strategies into rules and learning the steps of the strategies. It's about learning the relationships, creating the mental um, 
connections in students' heads so that the strategies become natural outcomes. Now, there are ways we do that. We do anchor things. We do make anchor charts. We do solidify things. We do talk about them as, as what relationships we're using here. How can we make sort of general sense of that? We do make statements about it. We, that, that helps solidify the relationships. But y'all, it helps solidify the relationships, not a bunch of steps and rules. So just sort of the two main things, working with a Z. So if you identify with that Z perspective, join us in mathematizing. Join us in learning more and more real math and and, and, and being uh, comfortable that that might be a little unsettling, that you might be in a little disequilibrium as you learn um, more real math. And then secondly, Watch your teaching and make sure that that zenith doesn't doesn't sneak back in. That you start turning things into steps and things to memorize again. Yeah. So in this perspective, we're talking all about the perspectives that we grew up with about what mm-hmm. math is mm-hmm. and what it means to teach math. And and really, we're trying to help us all recognize our perspectives because when we do, when we can see them clearly, then we have choices. We can yeah. have a choice to teach the way we actually believe about teaching and learning real math. It's not about pigeonholing or scapegoating. There's no blame or shame here. It's also not about any one of these three perspectives being the right one. It's about getting us all to do more and more real mathematics like mathematicians do. Absolutely. Hey, if if you haven't had a chance yet, we would highly encourage you to go over to www.mathisfigureoutable.com slash XYZ and take this super cool quiz to help you identify maybe a little bit about what your perspective was growing up. You can also check out a couple of blogs that go into more detail about each of these perspectives. Super. So we'd love for you to take that quiz in part because we're uh, we're sort of collecting data. Um, and so that would be really helpful for us to um, hop on over and take that quiz at mathisforgettable.com slash XYZ. We'll also put that link in the show notes. Remember to join us on hashtag math strat chat on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram Wednesday eves as the entire world talks about strategies for solving problems using real mathematics, not memorized algorithms. So y'all, if you're interested to learn more math and you want to help students develop as mathematicians, then the Math is Figure Outable podcast is for you because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisforgettable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.